This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. And now, your host, Matthew Kanata, joined by co-hosts Josh Houts and Aaron Sutton. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. This is Matt Kanata. I'm joined by Aaron Sutton. Joshua Houts is taking yet another vacation day. I don't know how many this is for him, but we will need to talk to the HR department in the next few days to see what his status is moving forward. Aaron, it's me and you tonight in the dead of the offseason for the NFL. There is absolutely, positively nothing going on except the news about Kellen Winslow and all those disturbing details oh that came out. We won't even talk about that. I just saw uh, that. I was like, I was like, is this a, from the Onion or something? I, I wasn't yeah, We're sure. not even going to get into those details. If you want to read it, check out Deadspin. Check out Sports Illustrated. Lots of really disturbing stuff in there. And um you know, obviously he has all that legal trouble going on and he's going to be probably ending up life in prison. Um, you know, you never know who these people are, right? They always say you never want to meet your heroes because then you find out who they really are and what kind of people they are. Um, you know, so it's just a, just a lesson. Not everyone's obviously like Kellen Winslow, but you just never know who these people are off the field. You see them on TV for three hours a week and that's all you really know about them. So that's my soapbox. Thank you for listening to Finsider Radio. Well, you know, I'm glad that you – yeah, and I'm glad you razzed Houts a little bit at the beginning of the show. Yeah, what's up I with him? Because I feel like man? every time I'm not here, I, I, whenever I'm not here, I'm either faking an injury or trying to reproduce some more or something like that. So I'm glad that it's kind of an equal opportunity uh, poop on fest here. Yeah, um, you know, he decides to go on vacation. Like, who does he think he is? Well, you okay, see, how about you see this? he going on and... vacation? No, you don't go anywhere. No. Other than to your backyard to mulch for hours <laughs> and hours. <laughs> I was thinking in Houts' stead that we could open up the show. Um, you know, everybody knows Houts and uh, 
one of our favorite people in the entire world. His beard does look like God was washing his sink and looked over and was like, oh my God, those Brillo pads are still there. And he crumbled them up and dropped them on a little baby and there's house. So that's basically what his beard looks like is some crumbled up Brillo pads. I was hoping we could open up the show with Man, our you're going, favorite. You're going, you're going in on house right now. Because <laughs> he's not here. It's not, he's not here. He so it's so much himself. easier. There's no like rebuttals or anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We he just steamroll right through the show. Um, I was thinking we could open up with our favorite beard slash mustaches. Now, I will give Houts credit. His mustache is pristine. It's very nice. I cannot grow. Every time I try to grow a beard, or I don't even try to grow a mustache, um, if I had to grow something, it would be a beard. Um, I think it would look stupid in a mustache. But every time I try to grow, I can go for like two days, and then it just falls apart after that. The stubble well, starts it, growing in like, more. I look terrible. And but it just grows ratty or something, or you it just doesn't grow, it doesn't, no, it doesn't grow ratty at all. It, I don't know. I feel like the hair on my face is too dark for the color of my skin. Does that make sense? So there's too much of a contrast. There's too much of a contrast. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I got you. So I do mean, you, so like you, one one day of stubble is perfect for me. That's what I like. Yeah. Anything after one day, it gets a little crazy there. So are you like resentful in any way for people? I would love, yeah, like I would love to just grow luscious facial I hair. Would, I would love to grow out a beard. I, I would love it. And I'm going to be bald in probably about 10 years or so. Um, as most males are by the time they're 40 or whatever. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I need to work on this and, and get it going, but yeah, there's too much of a contrast. Yeah. You know? Like I'm white as white. Okay. If I, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and um, my mustache grows in terrible. I have a decent beard, but my mustache, can I, I just cannot go worth a crap. But for whatever reason, I don't know if anybody feels like I do, but my favorite beards are the ones that you can stroke on your chin. So I'm thinking like Jim the Anvil Neidhart and yeah. uh, the guy from Kill Bill Volume 2 who, like, beats the crap out of Uma Thurman all the time. Yeah. Um, those guys just, like, stroke their beard. I just think that is so rad, and it makes you look so wise and badass. And it sounds I like would you get excited. love it to meet like anybody excited. at the sounds, Dolphins game we're going to. It sounds like you get excited over that kind of stuff. I'm not going to ask any questions, I, but... Yeah, I don't know. It might be because uh, Dimebag Daryl. There's no way you know who that is. So uh, my favorite no guitarist. I'm not, and, as, I'm not yeah, as old as you. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty much sure at this point, Matthew, that there's not even one overlap of music that we like together or movies <laughs> that we like together. If we I have compared no our DVD we... collections, like why are we even friends? I have, I have no idea. But if, I was just going to say, I have if no we idea our how DVD we get along. I have yeah, no idea how I, I don't know either. There would not be one single DVD out of our collections that overlap. I can guarantee it. Right I, I feel like if we went to school together and didn't do anything with Finsider Radio, like right, we would not be friends at all. <laughs> yeah. We maybe like traded a baseball card back in 1995. <laughs> Other than that, uh, yeah, we yeah, right? kept, our, kept our business separate. No, but we get along well, like even in person, you know, I know people talk on Twitter and everything else and they say, okay, we get along, you know, on the internet, but then you beat in person. It's like, okay, this is awkward. Um, <laughs> that's happened to me before. I've met people in person from Twitter and it's just like, you're trying to carry the whole conversation yourself, yeah. right? So that's not make it awkward. 
Yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's why I, I try to stay away from like doing meetups when I go out to different places and say, oh, hey, meet up with me. I'm here and so and so. Uh, because usually eight times out of ten, it's kind of awkward. Well, and we're not really that cool, so why do we need to be carrying a conversation? Yeah, but but me and you, you know, when we get together, we the uh, I mean, we can go the whole night. Yeah, There's like I mean, no stopping. Yeah, I kind of like your cousins a little bit better, but that's a whole other story. Yeah, whatever. Um, speaking <laughs> of which, we are going to be in Miami together this year. We have been credentialed once again by the Dolphins. They used to do Web Weekend, who many of you know about. And last year, they started credentialing um, the, our websites here as a way to kind of just give a different experience. And Web Weekend, I, we talked about this last year on the show, Web Weekend had just grown to be so big that it was almost uncontrollable. Um, you know, people would bring in their kids and, and other family members and people who weren't affiliated with websites and so forth. And before you know it, there was like 150 people, 200 people coming to Web Weekend. It was just insane. I was at the very first web weekend. There's probably about 30 people there. And then I went for about another year or two and then skipped a whole bunch of years uh, because I got married, had a kid and so forth. And then I finally went back, I think, for the last two years and it, it was just out of control. So, again, I said it last year. I'm going to say it again this year. I commend the Dolphins for what they're doing, uh, giving these sites a different experience and also giving um, legitimacy to some of these websites and also making sure that the sites who do work hard are recognized as such by the organization. So they give, um, they give several sites, some credentials for the season uh, for a few games, Sutton and I, and also Kevin Nogle, the managing uh, editor of the website, the Finsider will all be there together. All three of us. It's going to be one hell of a time, November 22nd against the Buffalo bills. Um, yeah. We may not survive the weekend Sutton. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I think it's November seventeenth, or yeah, it's it's somewhere in yeah, middle well, like middle that. November. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty crazy story for me, just because I'm a Dolphins fan in Ohio, and I've been a fan my whole life, and I've went to a lot of Dolphins games, but I've never been to a game in Miami, and just to be able to go to Miami and kind of feel like I'm in my my mecca land of of sorts, and be with you and Nogle and be able to in my first Dolphins game in Miami to be able to go into the locker room after the game and interview the players. I mean, that's absolute dream come true. So I, I just thankful to everybody who, uh, who's responsible for making and this, this happen. Is, this is going to be your only one this year, right? Uh, well, there's a game in Cleveland, so I'll be going to that one too. Okay, but credentials wise. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Credential wise, yeah. I mean, you've been creden- You went to the combine, um, so you kind of get the gist gist of it. But I remember my first credential game last year. You know, it's I went to two games last year. I'll be going to two again this year. Most likely, either the Ravens week one, or I'm scheduled right now for the Patriots, but it might get changed to the Ravens. Well, but, you know, you, I remember, and you went by well, yourself, right? I went by myself last year. Yeah, uh, so I mean, I, I mean, I'm I'm very lucky that I'm going to be. You are. Yeah. You know, I, I'm going to have the training wheels with me already. So it's yeah. I mean, I remember my first one last year was just like in awe, taking it all in and be like, "Holy, you know, I'm here. This is what it's like." Yeah. Basically, I made it, you know. And then the second time was more okay. I know fully what to expect. I know how it goes down. I'm ready, and it was just like, okay, let's get this in do or do my job get whatever i need to get done and then peace out but the first time you know walking into that locker room i remember dean marino was standing right next to me i didn't realize it at first and i look over i'm like holy shit, it's 
but you're a media member, right? So you can't ask for autographs. You can't take pictures. You got to act like you've been there before. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You know, didn't even say nothing to him. I'm like, yeah, Dan Marino standing right next to Matt Canada. Uh, he should feel honored. And then I'm walking, <laughs> I'm walking some more. And then Frank Gore almost runs me over uh, in the middle of the locker room. And then Adam Gase, the next game was just all over the place, congratulating everybody. I was fortunate. I went down for both wins last year. And so the locker room was in a joyous mood. This year, who knows what we'll see, but, uh, you know, hoping for good results. But it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm already looking forward to it. Uh, We are going to have one hell of a time that weekend in Miami. If you're around, let us know. Meet us. Meet up with us. It won't be too awkward because there will be three other people there, at least with us. (laughs) And so you got to rely on three other people to make conversation, but it'll be good. Yeah, reach out to us on Twitter. Let's get together. I want to meet as many many of you crazy people as possible. Yeah, so the plan right now, Sutton and I were talking today, is to fly down Saturday morning, get there Saturday early afternoon, uh, spend all day Saturday just hanging out and drinking. Um, not too not too much, though, because we need to do a job the next morning, uh, go to the game, do our media stuff. Sutton will get out of there probably like 6.30, 7 o'clock. Uh, we'll okay. then get back to the hotel, change, and then go out for some uh, drinks and wings for Sunday night football, and then uh, stay out a little late. And then we're I might I'm gonna fly home Monday morning, and so I don't know what you're going to do, but that is the plan. So if you want to hang out with us Saturday nights and Sunday nights are the days to be in touch with us. Cool, cannot, it's gonna be fun. Cannot wait, cannot wait. Yeah. All right. So I mean, what is there to talk about the Dolphins? Well, okay. So I was thinking we talk Jerome Baker in the linebacking unit tonight. I put up a poll yesterday on Twitter just trying to get the feelings of Dolphins Twitter and where we're kind of standing with everything. And I guess where I'm coming from is I'm seeing three linebackers on this team, Kiko Alonso, Raekwon McMillan, and Jerome Baker, who I think are clearly the three best linebackers on the team. What's interesting about this conversation is that this defensive scheme is likely only going to command snaps from two of them. So, in other words, you know, the New England scheme last year was way more likely to play three safeties than it was three linebackers. So, which who's the odd man out? Is Kiko? Uh, is he the odd man out? Is is Jerome the odd man out? Is Raekwon the odd man out? Are we going to truly see, you know, we've heard in defensive coordinators past how flexible we're going to be and how everybody's going to be able to do everything and all that kind of stuff. And we hear it every year, but don't necessarily always see it translate on the field. So maybe we do get a little bit more game specific and see some more versatility from our guys and say, you know, we come in, we're playing the Buffalo Bills who are more likely to run the ball against us. Are we going to see more snaps from Kiko and Raekwon who are probably the better run defenders or, you know, vice versa. If we're playing the Patriots, they want to spread us out. Then are we going to see more uh, Jerome Baker on the field? And then I, I think, okay, here's, here's where it comes down to me. Uh, If you're in a passing situation, I think Jerome Baker is the clear-cut number one choice to be on the field. Who's the number two behind that? Do you you like Kiko better in a passing situation or Raekwon better in a passing situation? For me, it's Raekwon. If you look at a running... I disagree with both of that. You would disagree with both of those? I think if you're looking at guys in coverage, your guy is Jerome Baker. 
That's what I meant. He's number one. Jerome okay. Baker would be number one, and then I would Raekwon number two. Absolutely, I would put Raekwon over Kiko. Kiko is uh, no good in pass coverage. Yeah, he's a mess. When we're looking at running situations, I would probably put Kiko and Raekwon at one and two, and Jerome at number three. And it's it's really about body type here, so it's nothing more than that. Um, so I would look to see if. Jerome Baker put on some weight this year. Um, my main concern is I don't know who that Kyle Van Noy type player is uh, with our system. We don't have a guy that's 6'3", 250 right now. If Raekwon put on like 10 pounds, maybe he's that guy. Um, but we are going to be a little bit lighter size-wise compared to the New England guys. And I, I would be a little bit concerned about stuff in the run with, uh, you know, only having two linebackers on the field, you know, where we have to be pretty sure on that end. And I, that, that's my kind of initial reservation is how are we going to man up uh, mano e mano in the run game? So Jerome Baker said the other day that he feels like a brand new player in this defense and all reports have been coming out that this coaching staff loves what Baker can bring to the table with his speed, his athleticism, his ability to run sideline to sideline. So I think we're going to see a lot of Jerome Baker this year and could possibly squeeze out playing time from Raekwon or Kiko, uh, depending on where they plan to have him. One of the interesting things that Jerome said was that, you know, last year as a rookie, he thought his role would just kind of be silent and, and not say much. And so he said, even though he knew there might have been a better call at the line and a better call to get in better position for the rest of the defense, he wouldn't say anything. He would just kind of worry about his own assignment and try to make up for it. And that kind of shed some light on the dysfunction with his defense as well, um, them not being in the right position and them not trying to fix it either. And Jerome said, you know, this year he's really found his voice and has been encouraged to find his voice by the coaching staff. So I think we're going to see a huge jump from year one to year two. And I remember when Jerome Baker was drafted uh, by the Dolphins, a lot of people questioned that pick because he was so small, because it was a little bit undersized, because he didn't make a huge impact at uh, Ohio State. But uh, you know, last year he was very good, and, and I think this year is just going to be even better. Now Kiko is going into the last year of the contract, so they're probably looking to replace him. And – they're just going to have to keep working at it, and perhaps that Raekwon and Jerome could be the one-two punch of the future. I'm we'll glad. I'm glad you brought up the out. contract. Let me interject real quick. I'm glad you brought up the contract because Kiko is this year going to make about four times as much as what Raekwon and Jerome make combined. Let me just let me just say something real quick. It's not actually the last year of his contract. He his contract expires in 2020. But the only thing that um, They'll have very little dead cap if they caught him after this year. Right. So really, yeah. Yeah. For, much, all, for all intents and purposes, this is his last year of his contract. Basically. Much easier to get out of next yeah. year. So, you know, he, he's due for about 8.3 this year, and Raekwon and Jerome together is about uh, 2.2 million dollars. So we're looking at Kiko making four times the amount of money as two players combined. Right. So what this will do is this will challenge um, the, the kind of prevalent theme of this particular staff in that they're saying, much like other coaching staffs do, that the best players are going to play. 
they are going to win the competitions regardless of where you're drafted or how much you're paid or anything like that. So if we come in and see Raekwon and Jerome outperforming Kiko and Kiko getting more snaps in either one of those two, then we can kind of test that theory. Uh, what I'd like to see happen is the former college teammates and Raekwon and Jerome have those two guys uh, be the ones getting the lion's share of the snaps from here on out. And not only would that put proof in the pudding that we are indeed going to play the best players, regardless of uh, what the investment is, uh, but we're going to have these young guys who are conceivably only going to continue to grow together and, you know, being the college teammates, they have the communication in place. And I think it just kind of expedites the whole process of growing together. Yeah. And we will see this play out during the course of the season. I don't think you're going to see anything coming out of training camp, but I think you're going to see Raekwon and uh, Kiko as the one, two guys there. But I think as you see the more playing time coming in throughout the regular season, you'll just kind of see that natural progression of Jerome establishing himself within the defense as one of the primary linebackers and really probably not taking off the field much. Um, I think the coaching staff views him as a little bit of a chess piece there just because of his athleticism and his ability to kind of do things the right way. And, and he's good at it too. Yeah. So, and the, the only other thing I'll throw out there, I, I had mentioned my reservations with the run game and not having the kind of Kyle Vinoy type to solidify the edge. Charles Harris happens to be about that same size I will admit that I think, as weird as this is to say, I think Matt Burke's scheme was probably a little bit better for Charles Harris's skill set than this current one is going to be. But I will be uh, happily wrong if if I'm indeed wrong in this situation. I just don't see Charles Harris uh, standing up on two feet and being as proficient on the edge against the run that uh, Kyle Vanoy is. And yeah, the only thing I'll say about that is that Harris was, I know Harris was projected by some to be kind of a, both the fit in four, three and three, four coming out of college, but his really primary position is that of a three, four linebacker. And uh, some people say no matter what scheme he's in, he's not going to do well. He was overdrafted. He probably was overdrafted, but I do think this uh, coaching staff can milk a little bit out of him and get him at least to playing to his potential. Um, but we'll see. You know, it's hard to really have that kind of bad of a start to your career and then kind of turn it around so quickly. But we have seen it happen before, and I wouldn't be surprised to see And it I don't think, you right know, now. it wouldn't be any of those off-the-field sorts of distractions or anything like that. It's really just going to be about how he's able to kind of digest everything and whether he's able to do it or not. It's, it's not going to be an off-the-field issue. Exactly. All right, so what else we got going on? Uh, really nothing until we hit training camp, and there's plenty of time before training camp for us to preview all the positions. Obviously, the quarterback position is going to be talked about a ton, and uh, offensive line battles, secondary battles. A lot of jobs on the line, a lot of starting positions up for grabs, and that will all play out starting in the middle of July, heading into the reg uh, preseason, and then into the regular season as well. So it's kind of just chill out, relax, I'm going to tell you all to enjoy the quiet because we know what happens come September. Hell, come the middle of July, everyone's freaking out. Everyone's going crazy, ramps up in preseason, and then it hits uh, the highest levels in September. And uh, we all know the season can be over as early as week four, uh, even week three if you start off 0-3. 
So we look forward to football season all year long, nine months. We look forward to it, and then it could be over in the blink of an eye. Enjoy your quiet. Enjoy the peace because we all know Sundays, it's a whole different beast. <laughs> that actually kind of rhymed. Yeah, something like that. You stumbled into that, let's be honest. Yeah, House, hope you're having a great vacation, brother. Yep, and, and and happy birthday to my oldest son. You turned happy birthday today. to your twentieth son. <laughs> Love All you, right. buddy. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us here this week on Finside Radio for Aaron Sutton. I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the The greatest football team We take the ball from goal to goal Like no one's ever seen We're in the air, we're on the ground We're always in control And when you say Miami You're talking Super Bowl Cause we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins number one Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins Miami Dolphins number one Miami Dolphins